Mark chapter 13. Let's turn our Bibles to Mark chapter 13. We're beginning a new series called Awake, excited about it. Today I'm going to give you an introduction. Uh, and then throughout the weeks, we're going to be talking about uh, instances in the Bible and stories in the Bible where people had slept. Thank you. Thank you so much. You can, yeah, thank you. Where people slept and they woke up, that something happens in the sleeping and something happens in the waking process. And so uh, we'll be preaching on this series, and I believe that uh, this series will rejuvenate some of you, will wake some of you up. Praise God. We're not a sleeping church, but we are a conscious and awake church. If you're there, if you're in Mark chapter 13, we're going to look at verse, uh, verse 32. 32. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Verse 32. Yes, I'm going old school today. No iPad. I'm just going old school. Um, my wife stole my iPad. She's going to buy me a new one, though. Hallelujah. Verse 32, it says this, it says, But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Jesus doesn't know. Take ye heed, watch, and pray, for ye not, or ye know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is a man taking a far journey who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. The porter is the doorkeeper. He says, watch ye therefore, for ye not know when the master of the house cometh at even or at midnight or at cock crowing or in the morning. Verse 36, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. Lest suddenly he find you sleeping. Today's sermon, while it may be short, I hope you will remember it. It's don't sleep on it. Don't sleep on it. Bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word. Lord God, I ask, Lord, that you will bless us in this time. Lord, I ask, Lord, that you will feed us with your word. Let us leave here with an increased knowledge in you, but more so with a spirit of change in our lives. Lord God, I ask, Lord, that if we came here asleep, let us be awake when we leave, Lord. Uh, let us be conscious of what you've called us to do, and we ask that in your name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Don't let him catch you sleeping. Don't sleep on it. You just turn somebody next to you and say, don't, don't sleep on it. Don't, don't, don't sleep on it. Don't let him catch you sleeping. Um, I, I actually had another thing planned uh, about a few months back. 
I actually wanted to start a new series or a series that, while I preached one sermon on it, I wanted to preach uh, three sermons on it, and that was, I'm pregnant with something. Um, and it's going to be a message that is preached. But as I was preparing throughout this cross-movement series, the Spirit of God was informing me of some things, is that our church has become a church that is asleep. Church has become a church that is less than conscious. And so if I'm going to preach on pregnancy and I'm going to preach on potential, it's important, first of all, that I preach on being a sentient believer, somebody who is conscious of what is going on. And so I believe it was necessary that I illuminate you on this series where I'm going to be talking about being awake. God. Now, some of y'all are wondering, well, what does that mean to be awake? Because I'm looking at you right now. My eyes are looking at you. I can see you. I, I, I see everything, and I'm, I'm pretty much awake. I can hear you. I don't think I'm dreaming. And so if I'm not dreaming, what do you mean by that? And so that's something that I'm going to be explaining more and more in the weeks to come. And that's going to be the title of our series. And I hope that when we leave, we will have a better understanding of what it means to be awake. But today what I want to do is, is I want to at least introduce you to let you know where exactly we're going. When we talk about this title or this series, or the title of this sermon being, Don't, Don't Sleep On It. And as I was thinking about it throughout the week, of course, you know, I had, you know, I spent a couple of days in the hospital, so I had some time to think, you know, hospital can do that to you, make you start thinking. I started thinking, I said, you know, this whole thing, don't sleep on it, I, I I was thinking about it, and I thought to myself, well, when we think about sleeping on it, we're usually thinking about sleeping on a job. Has anybody slept while they were working? Slept on their job? And I couldn't help but think of security guards. If you think of the word security guard, you just have a picture in your mind of what a security guard is. You're thinking about somebody who's sleeping on the job. Anybody with me? And if you just, just Google it, just put security guards sleeping on the job, you'll see a bunch of guys with uniforms and sticks and guns and all kinds of stuff just passed out, knocked out, sleeping in the funniest ways possible. There's something awkward about when you sleep on your job. Because when you sleep on your job, you don't sleep in the most comfortable way. Anybody caught themselves falling asleep, but you're just funny the way you did it? You're just sitting back like, you know, and that's, that's the whole thing about it is, is that if you really look at it and you really pay attention to these guys, you'll find that there's a peculiarity in the way that these guys fall asleep on their job. Because their job or the obligation is to guard or to protect something. And, and it happens to be that in protecting and in guarding, it can get boring. And when it gets boring, then you begin, your mind, first of all, goes in different places. And after a while, everybody know how that works. If your body stays in one place and doesn't move, then you have a natural propensity or a tendency to want to fall asleep. Is it okay if I teach real quick? You can understand this. Which means that in the mundane motions of what you're being called to do, if you don't find a way to keep yourself active in doing it, what's going to eventually happen to you is that you're going to fall asleep in doing it. Am I, am I making sense to some people? When we talk about being asleep, I'm not talking about being physically asleep, but I'm talking about being spiritually asleep. 
I'm talking about being, being spiritually unconscious, not really knowing what's going on from a spiritual sense of things. And here I look at the passage, and I'm not, I don't want to take too much time. I'm, I'm, not, I'm starting to get excited. I don't want to do that and then get myself an asthma attack, and then you, you know how that goes. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so, so now I'm, I'm reading this, and now, and now Jesus is speaking. He says, he says, take heed, watch and pray, for ye not know when the time is. Then he uses the following analogy. He says, for the son of man is a man taking a far journey who left his house and then gave authority to his servants and to every man his work. And then he says, after giving the authority to the servants who are in the house, then he commands the porter to watch. Now, now the porter is, if you look at other translations, is the doorkeeper. Uh, the doorkeeper is the security guard. I don't know if anybody is catching what I'm about to say right now. He says, I've given everybody the job inside the house, but I've given the doorkeeper something even more important. The job that I've given the doorkeeper to do is to protect and to watch on the outside the stuff that's coming in. I don't know if anybody's catching what I'm saying here. What he's saying is, is that I call some people in the house to do work in the house, but there's some people that I've called to look on the outside of the house to protect what's happening inside. Okay. Meaning what he's saying here is there's a different group of people that I have called. These people I will call the doorkeepers or the porters. Uh, these people are the people who are chosen, separated, put aside to protect what is happening on the inside. These are what he would call the priests, uh, uh, the leaders, the ministers uh, of the church. So therefore, what I understand now is that if there are people on the outside, sorry, there are people on the inside that are doing work, they aren't necessarily called to do anything but to do the mendacity, the actions, the things that happen on the inside. But the true work really happens at the door when people on the outside now are preparing themselves to come in. Can I preach to somebody right now? Uh, what he's saying to you is, is that I'm calling you to do something, uh, but I'm calling you to do it with all uh, with your consciousness uh, I, I, can I teach okay if we go back for a minute we have this one thing that's going on with us and here's what's going on with a lot of us is that we come to church we do the motions of church mm-hmm we come, we worship, we sing. We do the things that church people do. But we never operate in the capacity of minister. Because I may, you know, I try to go easy because I love when y'all smile and about this point is where people will stop smiling. So I got to be real careful about where I'm going because you know, I know I got to preach the gospel whichever way I got to preach it, but I want to make sure that I don't get people upset. Some people are like, make me mad! Preach! No, I, I don't like making people mad, you know? All right, all right. So now, now, now here's what I understand is that there are the servants who are in the house, the people who are the receivers in the house. Can I preach right now? Uh, uh, but these people are the ones who go and follow the mundane actions of the everyday uh, 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 religious walk. 
And so these people, they have a sense of, I need to come to church, but I don't really have a sense that I'm called to do something. But I want to at least change this mindset today. That you were not called to come to church on Sunday and to leave and just do the regular thing on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Can, can I preach to somebody? I'm trying to change some mindsets today. Is that being a Christian is not a Sunday thing. Uh, but being a Christian is a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday thing. Uh, yeah, we got church on Sunday, but everything happens before Sunday. Uh, when I come on Sunday, all I did was, is I came with you, 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 you. We all came together to celebrate Christ for what he's done in our lives. And we came to worship him because he loves when people worship. But everything that I, I, everything that happens in my walk happens way before Sunday. Am, am I, am I, I'm going easy today. I'm going easy. Meaning, I need to have a sense that I didn't come to just receive and sit back, but I need to wake myself up and get into motion, get into action, because God is asking for more from me than just sitting down at the pews. He says this now. He says, if I have called you, this is the Bible now, in Ephesians 1.4, he says, by redeeming you, he's called any redeemed people in the house today? Is there anybody that says, I shouldn't be in this house today. I shouldn't be walking in this place. I've done way too much mess, way too much stuff for God to show his love on me. But thank God he redeemed me. If God redeemed you, then he called you. Can I preach to somebody? And if God called you, he empowered you. If God empowered you, that means he equipped you. Which means God does not save people who are just going to sit at the pews and just sit back and watch. He saved you for you to get your butt up and do something for I'm going to get some people really really upset today but I'm starting to get a little excited he says I, I, I have redeemed you he says what does he say he says but you are a chosen people which means that in redeeming you he chose you and if he chose you, he says, I didn't choose you just to look good, but I chose you to be a royal priesthood, a generation of holy chosen people to go out and to do my work. Meaning, if now I have a mindset to say that I'm not just a Sunday morning person, but the day that I gave my life to Christ was the day that God called me to do something for him, now I know in my mind that I am a minister in some capacity, in some form. I can't just sit back and watch, but I've got to put myself in action and to do something. I am going to take my time. We are Levites of the new generation. Can I? Can I? I know y'all probably thought I was going to run up and down and start kicking things. But, but I got to teach right now. You are a royal priesthood. You are called to minister. You are called to preach. Now ask me, are you awake? If you're not ministering, then you're not awake. If you're not, if you're just, mm, I'm just going to just do my thing. 
you know. But on Sunday, hmm, I'm going to start work. Woo, Lord. I got the King James Bible memorized. I got everything going on Sunday. But then Monday, you know, I'm just doing my thing. I'm just chilling. But what does he say? He says, you are a royal priesthood, meaning you are, you are now a, a Levite. You are a minister. And get this now, if you understand that you're a minister, now I got to take you back. If you are part of the Levitical tribe, here's what God does. He, what did I say? I said, if he calls you, then he has equipped you. And if he equips you, he's empowers you. If he empowers you, that means he gifts you. And if he gifts you, he doesn't gift you so you can look pretty for people. He gifted you so you can save other people. Y'all didn't catch it. Y'all didn't catch it. That's why some people don't ever really fully work to the capacity that they are. God had gifted you. You sat back and you never used the gift that God gave you. So God said, let me take that because you ain't doing nothing with my gift. I'm going to go and give it to somebody else who's going to save some souls for me. That means that if God has given your life, if you're saying, man, I'm saved, I'm redeemed, I'm chosen by God, you better ask God, what is it that you want me to do? What is it that you've gifted me to do? Because I know now that there's something I got to do for you you now 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 I, i'm preaching to redeem people because people who aren't redeemed are people who are holy by themselves they say mm, I, i'm doing this all myself I, i'm all dressed up all by myself i look cute all by myself but people who are redeemed know that if it wasn't for the goodness of god i would still be in the same mess that i'm in so god use me in whatever capacity that you can because i know i don't even deserve it in the first place I love a real, a true Levite, a true redeemed and chosen person because a redeemed and chosen person has no arrogance in him. He knows he is nothing without God. She is nothing without God. If God is not involved in my ministry, if God is not involved in my life, in my school and all the stuff going on, I would be nobody. Isn't that scary? When you finally realize what redemption is and all that it is. You just get in the bathroom and start crying. See, see, redeemed people go, my God, how did you, God, why? Why do you even use me? Why is it that you've even called me? The mess that I've been, but see, God needed you to get through that mess. So when you get out of the mess, you're not looking pretty in front of people, arrogant in front of people. Now, when you see somebody in their mess, you say, I was there, but God can deliver you. I was there, but God can heal you. I, I was there, but God can take you out. I can't be arrogant in God because redeemed. Now, 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 is it okay if I teach? Say, I'm, I'm teaching today. Now, if I am part of the Levitical tribe, God had gifted me. If God gifts me, see, I'm saying it again. If God gifts me, he empowers me. If God empowers me, then he's going to use me. God doesn't call you to do something that he doesn't equip you to do. The only reason why we're scared is because we realize we're not qualified. God called Moses. Moses did not feel qualified. He called Abraham. Abraham did not feel qualified. He calls us. We don't feel qualified because we know we couldn't do it on their own. But God said, I didn't call you out to the nations. I didn't call you to go out and preach. I didn't call you to go out and minister because I knew you were qualified. I actually called you because I knew you were not qualified. 
I called you because you were not qualified, so when you do it, you know it's me, not you. Anybody caught that? But now if God equips you, the gift that he gives you is not your. All right. The Levites were given territory. The Levites were given territory, but the Bible helps us understand that the Levites owned nothing. Hmm. They had diamonds, gold, jewels. They were pretty, but none of it was theirs. So my mindset now, if I'm thinking as a minister or a Levite, hmm, is that if you look at me and I look real nice, it's not me, but it's God. It's not my possession, but it's God's possession. It's not my gift, but it's God's gift. Ready? Know the difference between a Levite and a wolf in sheep's clothing? Is the wolf in sheep's clothing thinks he can make money off his gift. Prophet going to prophesy to you, but you got to give $200. Yeah, y'all ain't with me. Yeah, yeah. Preacher preaching to you, but you can't leave the church. Close all the doors, everybody. We can't leave this church until we get $5,000 today because this preacher ain't going to leave unless he gets his honorarium. Yeah, y'all ain't with me. You see, that's the difference. Somebody who has anointing and knows that the anointing is not theirs doesn't pimp the anointing because God can always take it and give it to somebody else. That way you know who's real is the person that says, I'm not looking for a check. I want some people to get saved. I don't care about how it's done. If you want to bless me, bless me. If you don't, you don't. But I didn't come here to look popular. I didn't come here to look fancy. I didn't come I'm here to look all sexy in front of you. I know I'm sexy, but I know that I came to change some lives. Too many, too many gift pimps prostituting what God gave them. Sleeping and not even realizing it. I didn't come to preach, but God's just he's shaking me up right now. So now the Levites are given territory. But what they're given is not theirs. Meaning, I'm giving it to you so you can do something with it. And these are the Levites who are the doorkeepers. Now we get into the passage. Yeah, I'm I'm still there. He says, the son of man has left the house. This is Jesus now. What did we preach on last week? We preach on the empty tomb. Jesus is risen. He rises from the dead. He then spends a few, you know, a couple days on earth, you know, just chilling around, just to prove to people, I am Jesus and I did live, okay? It's not a pretend thing, okay? So Jesus does his thing, you know, shows himself off like, look at me, I'm God. Yeah, that's right. And after he shows that he's God, then he ascends into heaven. After he ascends into heaven, he says, after I leave, very shortly after, uh, my spirit, the Holy Spirit will come and he will be your counselor, your guide. And so the Holy Spirit comes down. So now what happens is, is that the Son of Man now leaves. The Son of Man being Jesus now leaves. And now the Holy Spirit comes down to operate. Understand that Jesus isn't really operating now. 
Okay? It's the Holy Spirit that operates. And now the Holy Spirit is operating in our church, operating in the organization that we call the church. Now, while the Holy Spirit is operating in this organization uh, that is called the church, the Holy Spirit does what he does through people. Okay, can I, can I preach to somebody? The only reason why there are people with prophetic gifts is because the Holy Spirit is depositing knowledge into the person to speak to another person who cannot hear the Holy Spirit for themselves. Meaning the Holy Spirit in order for it to do what it needs to do, it needs people to do it. You're not going to see the Holy Spirit split waters in half anymore because that's not how the Holy Spirit operates in this time and in this dispensation. He needs people to do it. Now, he says, I'm calling you now a new people, a chosen people, a royal priesthood to be gatekeepers of the church. And if I'm calling you to be the gatekeeper of the church, I'm calling you to protect the church from what's happening on the outside. Ah. Meaning, the gatekeeper or the doorkeeper he operates outside the church, outside the building, outside the four walls. Servants operate inside. There are people that God has called. Notice now there's two distinctions. There are people that God called to work in the church. He called some people to preach. He called some people to lead worship. He called some people to be in the praise band. Called some people to be in the he called. We need that, right? It'd be a problem if preacher can't preach, singer can't sing. Amen to that. Amen. We need worship leaders that can sing. But he didn't call all of us to be worship leaders. It's okay. If I, he didn't call everybody to preach. Can you imagine if all you God gave one gift to preach? This church would be one preaching church. We just sit down and just listen to preaching all day. And I'll be like, this is, this is information overload. I came to church and there was like eight hours of just preaching. And I just, hmm. There would be a problem if the church has no preachers and all worship leaders. We get a lot of emotion. We get uh, uh, an erection, spiritual erection. But we never get the word. It would be a problem if our church was all ushers. We'd all be directed to the seats, but we'd just be looking at the bed. Okay, that's, that's nice. Very well arranged. This pulpit looks good. That drum set looking real dusty. Nobody knows how to play it. So as the Bible said, he gifts each of, each of us according to how he wants to use us. Ready for this? You are a minister. I want you to touch yourself. I'm a minister. Just, I am a minister. You've got to have a mindset to say, I am a minister. I was called to minister. But ministering is not preaching. I will submit this to you. That there are some of you in this house that can be more effective outside this church than I will ever be on this. Can I preach right now? Some of you will be more effective at your school than I will ever be on this pulpit. Some of you, lives will be delivered and saved from your job more than I could ever preach to people on this pulpit. And 
And I came to preach to somebody today that I've heard T.D. Jakes. I've heard a lot of people, but it took somebody at my school to really get me to change my mind. It took somebody at my job to make me go, hmm, let me check out this Jesus thing. It took somebody outside of church to get me inside the church. So therefore, I'm not preaching to you and in the wall message, I got to preach that you wake up and have an outside of the wall mentality. Is anybody, am I teaching? Okay. Because you know, I'm still a little sick and sometimes I get dizzy. So I'm not even sure like what's happening. I see you. I just have to tell her that because I'm getting dizzy. So she... I'm crazy today. I'm sorry. I'm preaching. But like, what's going on with Isaac today? He, somebody get the, get the ambulance ready. Cause I don't know. I'm all right. I'm all right. I think. So, 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 so now, let, let, me, let me help you understand this now. If we were called, I'm about to finish right here. If we were called to be ministers, then you have to say, God, in the gift that you gave me, can I tell you something? Some of you can have prophetic insight and you don't need to be up on the pulpit to speak life into somebody. Amen. Am I preaching to somebody right now? There are some of you, you're going to know you're a minister. Ready? When you're at your job and all of a sudden God reveals something to you. To tell them, God said it will be okay. And that person is going to break down in tears because they need to hear that at that moment and in that place. And if God ever calls you, he didn't call you in here. He called you out there because here is full of saved people. I think. But I know that out there got a lot of people that's not saved. So if I'm going to do something for God, I can't be coming here on Sunday looking at all y'all saved people. Y'all look good today. Nothing wrong with that. But I know I'm, I, can, I can give you teaching. I can teach you. I can empower you. But if we're going to save souls, which is what the Bible called us to do, then we can't do it in here. We got to go out there to do it. Says the doorkeeper. Ready? The doorkeeper now is the one who goes out there. There's some of you, like, I don't know what God calling me to do. I don't know. I, I love that one. I don't know what God calling me to do. You know, I want to be, I want to be bishop. Well, if God didn't call you to be bishop, don't be bishop. <laughs> and get this, some of y'all, God is calling you to be a doctor, not to make a lot of money. Okay, let me help y'all out. God's calling you to be a doctor so other doctors can see that there is a God. He's calling you a doctor because there's some sick folk who's going to look at you and say, what do we do now? And you're going to tell them you need to get on your knees and you need to get down and pray because while God gave me some knowledge, I know that God knows a little bit more than I know. And if you just trust in God, can I preach to somebody? There's some people, God wants you to be in the government because we need some Christians in there who are on the outside protecting what's happening on the inside. I need some lawyers who are saved. I need some football 
football players who are saved. I need some basketball players who are saved. I need some engineers, some businessmen, some senators. Why can't the president be saved? Wouldn't it be great if a president of the United States who's got the whole world in his hand to say, I believe in the word of God and all that it is and I will protect it in every sense that I can. That's who you know is a minister. Well, God calling me to ministry, so I'm going to quit going to school, and I'm just going to read my Bible all day. What did you do that at? There was this guy I knew, genius, 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 very, very smart guy, got a lot of great ideas, computer genius. He's like, I just want to give my life to Christ and quit everything. I said, did God call you to do that? Well, no, but I, I feel like that's what I got to do to show God that I love him. And I'm like, bro, if you quit your job, you can't pay your bills. And if you can't pay your bills, people going to look at you like you're a broke Christian. Nobody, nobody want to listen to no broke Christian? Am I preaching to somebody? And if God gives you an idea, wouldn't it be awesome if Mark Zuckerberg was a Christian? Do you think Mark Zuckerberg can preach to more people than me? Come on now, come on. Help me out. So when I say God had called you, he didn't call you in here. He called you out there. So now what you got to do is you got to say out there, who can I talk to? Who can I minister to? What can I do for God? I got to wake up. So, he says this. He says, watch ye therefore. By the way, this watch is, is also translated in, in, in be awake. He says, watch ye therefore, for ye not know when the master of the house cometh. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. Even Jesus didn't know when Jesus was coming back. He admitted it right there. So I don't know, but the father does. But he says now that he can come at night, come in the morning, he can come during the day. But whenever he comes, don't let him catch you sleeping. Turn to your neighbor again. Don't sleep on it. Don't sleep on it. Don't sleep on it. Don't sleep on it. You are too gifted to sleep on it. Too anointed to sleep on it. You're too smart to sleep on it. You are too connected to sleep on it. God's going to give you some connections so that he can use you for his glory. He's going to lift you up, get you through school so he can use you for his glory. He wants a testimony out of you. He wants a blessing out of you. He wants to use you in a mighty way. Don't sit back and say, oh, I'm just going to watch now. No, no, this is not a spectator sport. God didn't call spectators. God called infiltrators. People who will go into businesses, into, into organizations and say, that I will represent the gospel in every sense that it is and every word that it is. I will be an example for Christ wherever I am because I know that I was called to preach the gospel not just with Bible knowledge but with example, example of my life. I was called to minister in God's name. Amen. 
Here's what happens. A lot of us were gatekeepers, but we don't do anything. So we stand in front of the gate and we sit down and we watch a video. And we look at this person. That person ain't saved. Well, he crazy anyway. That person ain't, well, you know, she, she wild. She never going to listen to me. Go to school, do my own thing. Yeah, okay. Cool. What's happening? You're getting bored. And then after a while, what starts happening? fall asleep. Next thing you know, you don't even read your own Bible. Next thing you know, you're not really into it no more. Somebody said to me one time, I just don't feel anything anymore. I said, well, what are you doing for God? I don't know. Not one person in a year in this room does not have something that they can do for God. Not one person in here. And you know what I love? I love that God reveals to me a lot of your gifts. I love that. But some people are still scared because you're still thinking like Gideon. I called you. Just go and do what I called you to do. Wake up! One day, Jesus is coming back. If Jesus came back today, see, I'm not going to give you the whole heaven and hell. Oh, my God, be scared of hell. I don't want anybody to get saved because they're scared of hell. Okay? Get saved because you love Jesus. I got saved about 80 times already being scared of hell. First grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade. I want to go to hell. That's not enough. But when you say, you know what, God, I'm going to give you more of me. I'm going to live a life for you. I'm not going to be ashamed of the gospel. Ashamed of the word. Anybody ready to wake up? You ready to wake up? Is anybody here ready to wake up? Come on now. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'm preaching here, but some of us, we still got to, I got to wake up too. You want to know why? Can I be honest? Sometimes I don't like telling people I preach. I can be fake. That's okay. Y'all want me to be fake? I'll be fake. But if you want me to be real, it ain't easy saying you're saved. Is it all right? It took me, it took me, there's a guy, I'm not going to say his name, but he, he lives in my apartment. I keep running into this guy. I was telling Mark Kenzie about this. And every time I run into it, God's like, you need to talk to him. And I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know how to. But he keeps coming to me. And he, come, he keeps asking me questions. Asking all them questions. <laughs> and I kept saying to myself, I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell this man. And then on Sunday, I ran into him outside the apartment when Stan and, and T-Boy, who's not really small, but, you know. The T-boy, he's like, they saw him outside talking to me, and 
And he's like, man, I don't know, man. You know what? It's Easter Sunday. I should go to church. And I was like, this is an opportunity. He made it easy for me. I said, why don't you come to my church? He's like, oh, you go to church? Sad. Is it okay if I preach to myself? Failed. Can we be honest? He's like, I should go to church. I said, yeah, yeah, you going to my church? Oh, you going to church? I failed right there, number one. I said, yeah, yeah, man, come to my church. You're going to enjoy it. It's awesome. I said, oh, cool, I'll come. I'll come one time. I gave him, t- I gave him everything. He's like, cool, man. Is your preacher like hell and all this? I said, I'm the preacher. He goes, huh? <laughs> failed. So if I have problems on the outside, I'm not going to judge you for having problems on the outside. But where we are today,
had to be awake for him. And he said, God, I give you all of me. All of me. I surrender. I give it all up to you. I will live for you, Lord. That's your prayer. I will be an example to you. I won't be ashamed of you. I will speak your name. He went on that cross, put nails in, took a beating. He, he bled. He was spit on. Crown of thorns on his head. He was never ashamed of you. Wow. So how can we be ashamed of him? I'm ready to be an example to you. I surrender it all. I surrender it all. I give it all up to you. My life, my job, my career, 